0: Alhamdulillahi, hamd-in Tayyiban Mubarakan an mubarak-an, fi, mubarak-an, kama yuhib rabbuna wa yarda, jalla Jalalu wa amma nawaluh, wa salatu wa salamu ala habib-il mustafa, sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi, wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathira ila yawmiddin. Amma ba قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد تنزيل من رب العالمين وقال وبالاسناد المتصل منا الى الى الامام مسلم بن الحجاج النيشابوري قال حدثنا قتيبه بن سعيد قال حدثنا ليث عن سعيد بن أبي سعيد عن, أبيه عن أبي هريره رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ما من الأنبياء من نبي إلا قد عُطي من الآيات ما مثله آمن عليه البشر وإنما الذي أوتيت وحيا أوحى الله إلي فأرجو أن أكون أكثرهم تابعا يوم القيامة So my dear respected ulama, our brothers, and our dear friends, uh, absolutely auspicious occasion of the Khatam of the Qur'an. I know you had one, I believe, just uh, recently again, so it kind of gets a bit repetitive. So people think that's another Khatam Qur'an. Um, MashaAllah, in, in India, in many places, people are starting many madrasas and orphanages and, and so on. And I've heard statements, madraso It's like Dando or something. Um, sorry, you probably don't understand that, right? It's like, he's opened another madrasa. As though it's like, there's so many shops, why do you need another shop for? But for some reason, those madrasas are all working, they're all doing something. Otherwise, why would somebody open a madrasa if it's not going to... Maybe the students are from another state, but somebody's benefiting. Somebody's money is hopefully being well spent as long as they're doing it that way. You can't ever do enough for the deen because there's always more to do. And it's always subjective. Mala Abdullah saab when we traveled to the Balkans, uh, he told you that in Montenegro, in living history... They've not had a taraweeh with the whole Qur'an. And that's probably since the 1920s because that's when the Ottomans had to leave, just after the 1900s. Otherwise, Islam's been there longer than in the UK. About 300 years, Islam has been there. But since the 19... just past the 1900s, there's been some major issues down there. Now, inshallah, things are better. In the whole country, there's only five Hufas. In the whole country. And that's... there are 20 to 25% of... The population are Muslim, but only about five hufars in the whole country. And I'm telling them that in my local area of London, right, local area, not, not the whole of London, the local area has about a thousand huffas, Right. So when you have a lot and abundance of something, you start feeling like it's not a big deal anymore. But seriously, it's a massive deal. It's a big deal. The hadith that I just uh, read, it's from Sahih Muslim. And the reason I read the whole thing with the whole chain is because I think it's full of blessing and fortune, good fortune, because I hope you can appreciate this, but Imam Muslim, his teacher's name is Qutaybat ibn Sa'id. Qutayba, son of Sa'id. So Imam Muslim says, I heard this hadith from Qutayba ibn Sa'id. Qutayba ibn Sa'id says, I heard it from Layth. And Layth, rahimahullah, says, I heard it from... Sa'eed ibn Abi Sa'eed. Right? And he says he heard it from his father, which means Abu Sa'eed, and he said he heard it from Abu Huraira. Anhu, that the Prophet said that every Prophet was given a ayah, a sign. Every Prophet was given a sign. The sign is like a miracle. The thing by which they convince people that they are on the truth by showing them this extraordinary Um, feat, this extraordinary accomplishment of some sort, whether that be Musa Alayhi salam's staff becoming a, what did he become, a snake, right, and what else, his hand becoming bright, and so on and so forth, Isa Alayhi salam and his miracles and so on, they're all given because when they claim to be a prophet, then they show a sign, uh, a miracle, and that is supposed to help people Agree, because uh, that, that people like extraordinary things, I guess. The Prophet ﷺ said, every Prophet was given a miracle. I was also given a miracle, but the one I was given was a revelation, was the wahi, the revelation. He was given many, many miracles, probably more than all the other Prophets uh, individually, for sure. And multiple, multiple miracles and various types of miracles, all the way from Water gushing out of his finger, to the food uh, pretty much becoming like an endless supply, to dates in a pouch not finishing, uh, grains in a pouch spitting the moon, and and so on and so forth. But he decides to mention the revelation, that that's the ultimate miracle. And the difference between the Qur'an as the miracle of the Prophet and the miracle of the other Prophets, the other Prophet's miracles and many of the, prophets, mir- many of the Prophet Muhammad miracles were, were time-specific. There was no YouTube in those days. there was no video capture in those days, so if you saw it, if you saw the water coming out of the fingers, you saw it. But after that, you just have to hear about it. What right? is right? When you see something, it creates a whole different. Uh, you know, it creates a whole different emotion. But the Qur'an is still a living miracle. So when I read this hadith, it's in Sahih Muslim. So when I read this hadith, I like, okay, how is the Qur'an a miracle? And you must have heard this, the Qur'an is a miracle. The Qur'an is a miracle. How exactly is the Qur'an a miracle? In Arabic they say the i'jaz of the Qur'an, the inimitability of the Qur'an. That means the ability of the Qur'an to be unparalleled, unchallenged, irrefutable, irreplaceable, unmatchable. Nobody can create anything like it. We've heard of that. Nobody can create similar to, for example, one larger verse or small, three small verses of the Qur'an. Nobody has been able to do so until now. They've been trying, but they've not been able to do so until now. And they will not be able to. The 1400s have also already shown that. They won't be able to. I did get a guy once. He's a Muslim. And comes from a religious family. He always, I've got a question. And his question was that, I know nobody's been able to do it. What about if somebody does it in the future? I said, well, we'll deal with it then. Right now, at least be satisfied that nobody's done it. 1400 is a mature, over the maturity period. I mean, somebody can't do something in seven years. I mean, that, that's about it, right? So <clears throat> I started looking as to how the Quran is a miracle in more detail. So one is the textual miracle of the Quran, and that... I'll try to bring about some aspects of it, because you do need to understand Arabic to get the full appreciation of that. Otherwise, you, know, you won't understand that. And this is really sad that we uh, don't have access, uh, absolutely no access. You know, We're reading Suratul al and we don't know what we're reading. It's really sad. Even though for 50-60 years we're reading it, you should at least learn the surahs and what they mean. So you'll have a different emotion. It's a totally different emotion when you read Quran, when you're speaking to Allah. That's the purpose of the salat is to munajat with Allah through the Quran, the reciting of the Quran, as well Suratul Al-Fatiha and so on. So the reason I mention this hadith is because uh, the chain of it has a lot of sa'adat because there's Sa'eeds in there. There's like three Sa'eed names in there. Is there any Sa'id by's here? Nobody Saeed here? Achala, at least you got one Saeed by here. I thought Gloucester doesn't have any Saeeds. Saeed. Saeed means the fortunate one. And this is fortunate, not like having lots of wealth, though that can be considered fortune in a sense. But the real Sa'ad is that Sa- they have two words for success in the hereafter Sa'adat and Shaqawat. Sa'adat means fortunate, which means you have falah, ultimate success. And the opposite of that is uh, wretchedness. Right. It's failure, shakawa, they call it in Arabic, shakawat. Like we say in Urdu, bara shaki insan hai, but that really means in the hereafter, because that's the ultimate test, isn't it? So I started looking, now we don't have the time uh, to go into depth in terms of how the Qur'an is a miracle in multiple ways. According to Anwarsha, Anwar Shah Kashmiri, now this is really interesting. Um, in Ramadan, mashallah, most of us, inshaAllah, spend a lot more time with the Qur'an, right? We spend a lot more time with the Qur'an. So what we do is we increase our recitation of the Qur'an. Mawlana Anwar Kashmir ulama do things differently. I mean, he knew the Qur'an, he'd recited the Qur'an and everything. So you know what he would do? He got even more particular and more specific because the Qur'an is open. There's still a lot to be discovered in the Qur'an. They say that there's a num- uh, in all of the different Islamic sciences we have, many of them have matured, like you can't really go beyond that. You can to a certain degree, but most of it has all been encompassed and completed. But the Qur'anic sciences will never be completed, because the Qur'an is a living miracle that will continuously open up new ideas and guidances and, and new discoveries. And we're not talking about just scientific discoveries or historical things or something of that nature. That's there already, but a lot more deeper than that. So Mawlana Anur Shah Kashmir used to spend 30 days of the Qur'an, one day for one supara, one juz of the Qur'an. Doing what? Not memorizing his door, not, not revising his door, his, uh, his, repeti- you know, his revision. On just analyzing and studying and pondering over the balagh of the Qur'an. Over the style of the Quran, of how Allah conveys the meaning through the words that he chooses Specifically down to each individual word, how they're placed, which word comes first, which one comes after, why that happens Why that particular choice of word was made Because the, our understanding is that there is absolutely no way for any verse in the Quran to be replaced To give the same meaning with any other words or any other construction. It won't be comprehensive the way it is right now. You could, you could change a word and it'll give a similar meaning, right? But it will lose that richness. That is what makes it beyond human, superhuman, su- you know, beyond being hu- human. And that's what he would study. And mashallah, we've had our ulama like this. So he said that. The absolute masters of this science, because there's been scholars who particularly studies just this aspect of the Quran. Tafsir is one thing, Tajweed is another thing, Qira'ah is another thing, and the Masail in the Quran is another thing, and the various different other things you can bring from the Quran are all separate sciences. But the style, the language, style, and structure of the Quran and how it conveys its meaning is a very, very special. Niche subject which is not even open to all. He says, "There were two masters in this. One was Jurjani, and the other one was Zamakhshari." Now, what's really interesting is both Jurjani and Zamakhshari, rahimahumullah, right? Um, they were non-Arabs, Georgian uh, and Zamakhshar, right? More Khurasan area. They're, they're not even Arabs, but they had. They were known for, through their writings to have the best understanding. And to be absolute pioneers and the most advanced understanding of the style and structure of the Qur'an. What does that mean? You know, when you listen to different speakers, there's going to be content. What they're saying is what you're looking at. Some people don't care about content. It should just be loud. Right? It should be just loud. Some like it just, it needs to be singer song. Tarannum. Basharan, You know, the special Punjabi style, which is really interesting. That's what they want. They don't want to listen to any other bayan. They will not listen to a bayan by Sheikh Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi. Because it's too analytical. It's not about what they're saying. We must be amused by it. It's how you convey it, how you deliver that speech. If it's not loud, then it's boring. Doesn't matter what they're saying, right? Different people have different interests. Obviously, and what the Quran does with its Arabic is that it provides the most profound message in the most profound way that nearly all of us and many other people, even if we don't understand what the Quran is saying, we still listen to it. We still have CDs, we still have the audio that we listen to, even though we don't understand what it's saying. It just sounds beautiful. Now imagine if you could understand what it's saying as well. So, you know, the way you say something, sometimes when you're speaking to someone, you have to adjust your tone, you have to adjust the wording, because if you use certain harsher words or certain non-straightforward, sometimes you can say something straightforward to someone. Sometimes you have to employ a few euphemisms, you have to uh, employ a few uh, metaphors, because saying it straight is a bit too blunt. You have to say it a bit differently. And what is the most effective way to say something? Depends on the circumstance, situation. Right? And we all interact with this. When different people speak to us, we, there's two people who will say the same thing to us, and we're willing to accept what this person says, but not the way the other person said it, even though they said it in the same way. Sorry. Even though they said the same thing, but they just said it in a different way, and they changed their wording, the Quran has the ultimate way. It just cannot cease to effect. It has to effect people. Even the enemies were affected, as you know from the stories. I don't like to tell you the same stories, but the, even the enemies of Islam used to be affected by the Quran. That they had to literally close their ears sometimes, or not be there. Otherwise, they'd be. It, it would affect them. It would beautify their heart. It would open their mind, and they they couldn't help it. It was like magic, that's why they called it magic, but it wasn't magic. So, what what is going on here? So, if you let's give you a few examples, right? Let's take Surah Al Qiyamah. Surah Al Al Qiyamah has about it's mainly about the day of judgment, it's about the human being and how we as human beings know ourselves, and then it talks about the qudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it has depictions of the day of judgment. Right? It gives you, like if you look into looking to the meaning of it It will give you an understanding of what the Day of Judgment is going to be about And what our situation is going to be And it's kind of like a, a reflection of this world and the hereafter And it changes uh, its theme about five or six times So there's about four or five verses Then it jumps to another scene, four or five verses Then it jumps to another scene, four or five verses And the most interesting thing is and Go home and check this out is that every time it changes the clusters of verses, the tone changes. The endings change. And if you understand Arabic, the endings are completely in harmony with the meaning it's trying to convey. Right? Let me give you a bit of an example. <laughs> Wala ukosimu bin nefsila wama. Ayah sabul insanu alen nejma ivoma. Bala kadirina ala en nusa wea banana. Belluridul insanu nefjura amama. Yes, alu aya na kyama. This is about the human being and about how the human knows himself and so on. Did you see everything ended with a, a, a? Now, if you don't understand it, you won't be able to appreciate this, but I want to tell you, so, inshallah, give you a spark of interest to learn more about the Qur'an. So that uh, uh, effect in the sound, its rhapsody, its tune, is completely in harmony with the meaning. Then it changes. Now it's talking about the Day of Judgment or the death. فَإِذَا بريق الْبَصَرِ وخسف القمر وجميع الشمس والقمر يقول الإنسان يومئذ أين المفر كلا لا وزر إلى ربك يومئذ المستقر ينبأ الإنسان يومئذ بما قدم وأخر What's the common What's the common word there? It's the ra. You could see it, right? You can now that you're looking for it. You can see it. It moved from ah 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 to now ar ar ar, right? Then it moves again back to the human being. It, it, it talked about the day of judgment. Now it moves back. Belil insanu ala nafsihi basira, walla alqa maazira, la tahrk bihi lisanak li ta'jala bihi. Inna 'alayna jam'ahu wa Qur'ana. فإذا قرأناه فاتبع قرآنه ثم إن علينا بيانه كلا بل تحبون العاجلة وتذرون الآخرة وجوه يومئذ ناظرة إلى ربها ناظرة ووجوه يومئذ باسرة تظن أن يفعل بها فاقرة that was a bit of a longer section with about two theme, two connected themes. So it was all about uh, uh again. Then after that, it goes back to the hereafter. كَلَّا إِذَا بَلَغَتِ الْتَرَاقِيَ وَقِيلَ مَنْ رَاقَ وَظَنَّ أَنَّهُ الْفِراقَ وَالتَّفَّتِ السَّاقُ بِالسَّاقَ إِلَى that's uh, that has an effect. It, it's not random. This is specifically intended and chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be this way. Out of hundreds of possibilities, it was chosen to be this way. So A-Q. Uh, then after that it changes again because it's talking about the human again. ثم ذهب إلى أهله يتمطى أولى لك فأولى ثم أولى لك فأولى أيحسب الإنسان أن يترك السدى ألم يكن طفة من مني يمنى ثم كان علقة فخلق فَسوى. فجعل منه الزوجين الذكر والأنثى أليس ذلك بقادر على أن يحيي <laughs> that, uh, it's a softer ending it's gonna be reflective you know uh, because we in a, uh, you know we have a very short amount of time I'm not going into depth but you see many many surahs are like this there's some of the smaller ones as well if only we could understand, you'll see the effect of it with the sound, with the, the choice of words. They're very, very specially selected. The Qur'an is uh, a miracle in in amazing ways. So anyway, that's that. Now let me just quickly go through how I think the Qur'an is a miracle. Of course, you must have heard about the, the foretellings of the Qur'an, the prophecies of the Qur'ans. The Qur'an saying something 1400 years ago, and now it's becoming true. There's so many of those, I don't need to go in there. I'll give you one example that I have thought of, which is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, li liman khalfaka aya Today, about Pharaoh, you know the story when Pharaoh is about to drown, drown. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we're going to give you respite with your body. We're not going to let you drown. You're going to die, but you're not going to drown. Right, because your body needs to be a sign. Now that body was hidden inside the pyramids. Nobody knew about them, did they? About, until about 150 years ago, Howard Carter, whoever he was, he discovered it. Now for about 1250 years, people were reading that verse. And what was the tafsir then? Allah gave him respite, but we don't know where the body is. After 1300 years or so, MashaAllah, it becomes a reality, that the body is actually there, subhanAllah. How long ago did Pharaoh live? 3,200 years ago, Musa Ali Salam's time. 3,200 years ago. Allah kept the body, and now, for some reason, within our lifetime, it's been discovered. That's a living miracle of the Qur'an. And there's many miracles like that, right? and lots of people have discussed this, so I'm going to leave that section alone, because there's others which are more subtle. Another miracle we're seeing in front of us, which is the preservation of the Qur'an. Right? The preservation. And for the preservation of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it easy to memorize. So I'm assuming these children don't know Arabic. Uh, they know English, I'm assuming. Talha and Abdullah. Which one's Talha, which one's Abdullah? Oh, that's Abdullah. And that's Talha. And you are? Musa. Ayyub. Okay. When are you finished? When are you finishing? Long time. Why don't you say short time? You might get dua accepted. Inshallah, short time. I mean, long time is like 20 years. (laughs) Three years is short time. Okay. So what do you mean by long? 20 years? Huh? Okay. So that's the preservation of the Quran. We've had some amazing stories of preservation of the Quran. And it's a miracle Allah has blessed our community with that, that we have so many Hufas, mashallah. Not just five in the whole country right that's an absolute pleasure alhamdulillah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow there to be more and more and you know it's it's really wonderful to have hivs with you that will benefit you then you can do whatever else that you want in your life right at least you've got the quran in your heart and you know i know i'll tell you the young people because what happens within the Hivs, right for those who are uh, doing Hivs of the quran is that my statistic is that out of every 10 every 10 students who go and start doing hizb uh, out of every 10 right? So the one or two, they do it by themselves. They don't need to be pushed much. They will wake up, they will learn their lesson, they will learn their door, they will learn their or whatever, they will do it. And mashallah, I had one student like that. This was in America. Uh, she would, you know, as your harvest class, you have you sometimes listening, uh, uh, half his teachers are kind of, you know, they have super hearing, right? So they can listen to two at once. Or sometimes even three or four. I don't know how they do that. Because I've tested it that, you know, when you're listening to two, you can only really listen to one conversation at once. If you're listening to two people, what you're really doing is you're just alternating. And you're using your memory that he was here, now he skipped. So obviously he couldn't have read it. Otherwise he's not really heard you unless he's listening to you. He's probably listening to the other one. And then, yeah. Now, in his class, many of the students, they're like, okay, if the ustad is distracted, right, then, you know, it just goes through. This girl was such that if if she doubted that I listened, she'd say, please, can you listen to this again? I might have a mistake here. She was so diligent, right, mashallah. Now she's a doctor and she's just finished and she's making $400,000 a year. That's her starting salary. I'm not 24, 25 years old now, whatever. Right? Mashallah, Quran and her sister became Hafiz as well. Right? That's diligence of one or two of the ten people. Is They're going to be fully diligent. You don't have to be pushed. You don't have to be beaten for sure. All right? And, uh, and, and so on. And mashallah. Then the, there's a bottom one or two. So the top two, and then you've got the bottom one or two. Right? They are probably never going to make it. Either because they just can't. Or they don't want to or whatever the case is all right do any of you fall in that no I'm talking to the children here and maybe the adults if you're doing kids as well Um, now the six in between so I've dealt with one or two from the top one or two percent at the bottom right now the six seven in between they they are the biggest struggle because they want to do it they definitely want to do it now the first supara is easy Right, it's all learning, and it's not too much to maintain. But as soon as you start the second, third, fourth, and the, those uh, similar parts start creeping in, then it gets complicated. It's easy to learn new lesson. Some kids are so bright they can learn a page in 10, 15 minutes. That's not a problem, but maintaining it is the problem, and that's the difficulty. In many countries, they actually don't. The teachers don't listen to the back. They just keep. It's up to you. That's up to you. You just keep and you finish it easily it's a very bad system to be honest because most people cannot and they say oh i learnt quran 5 10 years ago i don't really know it anymore obviously well you know the way to do it is to memorize the back and keep revising the back and that's when it gets difficult there's too much competition because you want to have to sit to read right but th- what's the competition you've got your ps you've got football you've got other stuff i mean it's like why you know i want to do it but no that i'll do that this is the difficulty, that's when the teachers have to be pushing And so many times uh, uh, the teacher would say, this guy is just not doing anything Call the parents and say to the child, do you really want it? Yes, yes, I want to do it, then why aren't you doing it then? So then they're okay for the next three, four, five days, a week maybe, and then after it messes up again How many of you are like that? Those of you who are in HIFS class? Nobody, are you in the top category? Inshallah, that's good, you're in the middle category it's okay, you can be You know, there's a, there's a way to deal with that if you're honest about it. What do you think? Which category are you in? The middle one or in between the top and middle one? Or the middle and the last one? Middle and top. Okay, so you need to push, upgrade yourself. You just need to do it. Just get it over and done with. Why, why are you wasting time for? Instead of five years, do it in two years and just finish it. Then you just have to do door, then it's the same thing. It's much easier that way. Don't waste your time, then you can keep playing afterwards. That's a miracle of the Quran. I just mentioned that for the benefit of just some statistics so you understand which category you're in. You cannot be in that category. And you know what? I've got somebody I know. He he was doing his around the same time I was doing it. And then after that, he got a bit lazy. He came to Darlum and then he got lazy. So he started messing around. I want to go home or whatever. Now his dad is not very pushy. He was not very pushy. So he said, okay, fine, come home. So he went home and then he never did his. Now today he says, if my father had pushed me a bit more, I would have done it, I wanted to do it, but I got a bit lazy or I got a bit distracted. This is just for the parents, don't overdo it. Some kids uh, just don't want to do it, give them some time off. But at the, on the other hand, don't, don't, don't let go too easily as well. They just need a bit of encouragement, incentivize it. Right? That helps a lot. My, when my son finished his, um, Fortnite is amazing. I've never played it myself. Last, not this December, but the previous December, he was told that they can only play in the weekends, but they were told in the holidays that if you do 10 suparas in the morning, you, can, you get two hours of play. I'm not joking, for two weeks he did 10 suparas every single day in the morning during Christmas holidays, so he could go and play for two hours. I thought, <laughs> you know? I'm not giving any fatwa, but I'm just telling you that um, in, you have to incentivize sometimes Initially until they get their own fikr Until they get their own This is just for parents Because we want to make this easy And give you experience of others The other thing that I think we should do honestly, Is that whenever you have a Quran khatam You should make them Write out a little speech Of their experience Right It's really useful I've found that really useful Because when they share that with other students They, they, they talk about their struggles And what helped them And you know, uh, that, that really helps the others as well. So I don't know, I can't force them to do a speech today. Are you prepared? I'll give you five minutes of my time. It'll benefit so many people. And next time, your next Hifz Khatam, they have to prepare a speech as well. Okay, not just the Qur'an Khatam Dua, right? Of what, what you did. It'll be really, what, you know, even if you don't tell anybody, meaning even if you don't give a speech, go home and write about it. Just write about it. And then share that with somebody. It'll benefit somebody else because you've done it now you want to talk about what benefited you and what didn't you know where where what you could have done differently okay the preservation of the quran is a miracle of the quran that it's not lost alhamdulillah in every sense <clears throat> okay now this gets a bit more complicated and it might be a bit boring for you All right and uh, so uh, the wording of the quran the meaning of the quran is still alive The wording and the meaning of the Qur'an is still alive Because the Qur'an is a message for us The Qur'an is a guidance for us And whatever is in the Qur'an is relevant today Now if somebody comes and says Because there's lots of uh, new ideas that are coming up And they try to use the Qur'an to justify their new idea So if somebody comes and says That this verse in the Qur'an actually means this Instead How would you argue With the person like How would the Alim It's like again Otherwise it's my word Against yours I say it means this You say it means that How do we argue about it What we do is We look at the dictionaries Now If I Brought a dictionary From a hundred years ago And I said Look that's the meaning What he could say Is that That's uh, A dictionary from a hundred years ago, that means it's a new meaning that's crept in. Arabic is a lot older than that. Do you see where I'm going with this? So, what I'm telling you is actually earlier. Well, I'll have to tell you to prove it. But alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, part of the miracle of the preservation of the Qur'an is that we have dictionaries that were written within a hundred years of the Qur'an's revelation, of exactly the Arabic words that are used in the Qur'an, what they meant at that time, from that time. In fact, If you look at our big hadith books, Bukhari, Sharif, Muslim Sharif, they have a chapter in there of tafsir. Within that, they've got explanations of many of the words of the Qur'an from the time of the Prophet Ibn Abbas, and others. So now we can bring that and say, look, this is what it meant. What you're saying is something new. For example, we had a scholar. uh, He's quite well known, and he was very influential until about 15, 20 years ago. He came up with this idea that some of the main terms in Islam, some of our most important religious terms that are used to govern our faith, they've been misunderstood for a thousand years. And now I'm telling you what they mean, what their correct meaning is. So for a thousand years, the ummah lost the correct meaning of those words, which meant... That the deen was you can say, corrupt, because if you don 't understand the main aspects of your religion, then they 're corrupt, Subhanallah, and he got the Wahi somehow to correct it after a thousand years. Would Allah keep an um, you know keep our ummah uh, deprived of this for a thousand years? I mean, crazy ideas, but that 's what he said. This was Maududi sahab, this is what he said. Maulana uh, Abu Has Nadwi uh, uh, has tried uh, has what do you call it explained. And rebutted him in, I think, uh, I forget what the book is asr al Hazri Medin Ki Kitafim or Tashri'i or something like that yeah. So, this is the, Allah has preserved the Quran in every, in every sense In every sense of it So, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to mention that We need to, every one of us here Some of you are thinking, Hibz is not for you you're too old or you're too busy or whatever, okay, that's understandable. <coughs> but does that mean that the Qur'an is not for you? Maybe hifz is not for everyone. Um, maybe even in terms of I don't think everybody was a hafiz, like formally, right? So maybe hifz is not for you and that's fine. But the Qur'an is for you and the Qur'anic message is for you. So you have to start learning what the Qur'an says directly. I just gave you one example of Suratul Qiyamah, right? that might take a while for you to start appreciating that in Arabic because for that you'll need to know Arabic and so on. That's a bit of a longer journey. But Ramadan is around the corner. And what I would suggest is that we learn, we find out where we are and try to increase ourselves. The first thing is let's correct our reading of the Quran. Many of us studied, especially our older folk, studied at a time when the Tajweed wasn't great. MashaAllah even now in India, the Tajweed is much better with the efforts of Terkeswar and Dabil, right? Their mother, Subhanahu Ahmad, uh, Ahmadul Ahmadullah, Ahmadullah. Qari Ahmadullah. Qari Ahmadullah, Sab, And Qari Siddiq, Sab, Qari Anis, sahab. Rahimahullah. So now it's improved hugely, right? But it hasn't, then, we need to at least learn how to read the Quran properly. And that means we don't want to make mistakes because you can make some really silly mistakes without realizing, turn dogs into hearts and hearts into dogs, like qalbun and Kelbun. Literally, that's the difference—the ha and ha, right? morana Like, if you make an effort, you'll get more reward for it. Even if you end up reading it wrong afterwards, inshallah, you'll get reward for at least trying. So that everybody should improve their reading. Then, number two, we should learn the tafsir of at least the verse surahs we read in the Quran, Suratul Fatiha, the last ten surahs, and, and so on. So that at least when we're reading. You know, There's going to be a really uh, uh, an amazing uh, pleasure that you get out of that. And number three, we try to memorize more of the Quran, even if that's another surah. And the simple way is just start bringing the Sunnah surahs into our life. Ya seen in the morning, Suratul Waqi'ah, uh, Suratul Dukhan, Suratul Kahf on Fridays. And slowly, slowly, when you keep reading that, you'll get it on your tongue. And it'll become easier. And inshallah, that way, we can at least say that we're holding on to the words of Allah. The Quran is special because it's the words of Allah. Unchangeable. Specially revealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to mankind to be memorized. Right? And uh, for our Hufaz, now that you have the Quran in your heart. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, big sahabi. And many others, when they were asked that what is the right of the Quran? Sorry, what is the right of the one who carries the Quran? They call him Hamilul Quran. The one who carries the Quran, the one who has Quran in the heart. And each one of us has that based on however much we have. So if you know your Yasin, you know your twenty surahs or whatever, you have that. It's a right. The Quran is supposed to affect us, but we're not letting it affect us. The Quran is supposed to affect us, we understand the meaning of it. <coughs> we recite it, we fulfil its rights, and we behave like a person who has the Quran in their heart. One of the issues we have, and I don't know if uh, different places have tried to remedy that situation, is that the students in Hifs class, they tend, at the age of, by the time you finish at 16, 17, they tend to know no less than the other students who go to Maktab at the same time who are not Hafiz. They know less of Fiqh. And the, uh, what do you call it, Aqeedah and akhlaq or you know, whatever else is taught. Why? Because most of the time is spent on the Qur'an. You don't have time. And then what happens is that they sometimes don't understand the value. They don't understand what the deen is properly, <coughs> except what's taught at home. Because the whole focus has been, yaad karo, yaad karo, yad karo. <clears throat> That's something we really need to think about to accommodate at least the basic knowledge of the masail and the aqidah and the akhlaq and adab, I know it's difficult because school takes seven, eight hours of your time. So, have you guys sorted that out? Then they do it afterwards. Yeah, inshallah, they're not so damaged by them. Because I've seen a major problem. They get messed up afterwards and they're like, they've got hives, and they, they think like, oh, we're free now and Subhana, Don't ever think that. demotivated as well. There's something we have to think about, yeah. because school is takes a lot of time, then they do this when their mind is kind of already shattered a bit. It's a majizah at the end of the day, but we need to uh, plan for it, inshallah. And then uh, there's some place I know, uh, they, with their hips, they actually teach you the meaning as well. I've not been able to study it properly, how they do this, but that would be something that we need to think about in the future, that they know what it is. It's quite surprising, I was surprised. He goes, test any of them, ask them any verse and they'll translate it for you. I was shocked. Like how do you do this? I didn't have enough time to learn. In England? No, this is in America. I saw this. I was shocked. But that's something we really need to move because Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us with hives, hives, hives. Now we need to go beyond that, go to the next level because that's what we need to do. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala bless these students, bless their parents, bless everybody else, and those who have. Uh, and uh, you know, we should incentivize. You know, the half is they can take how many people to paradise? How many people can they take to Parish Shafar intercession for? Are you doubtful? Is there a difference of opinion? Or you're not sure? Or, huh? It's ten for sure. How how who are you gonna take then? Huh? Have you got your ten have you got your ten sorted? Have you thought have you made your list yet? What about you? Have you made your list? So what are you gonna do then? You're gonna be stumbling like who should I take? Make your list. So the rest of us, I think one way we could maybe get into that list is when you see a guy doing Hafiz Mashallah, you're doing Hibs He has £20 for you I mean the bigger the better because then it might put you on, your li- on that list right? Um, if I gave you £20, would you put me on your list? Yeah? Okay, I'm going to give you £20 you, you put me as well? Okay, I'm going to give you both £20 Alhamdulillah, this is a cheap soda. it's a cheap thing, right? But that, that's it, we need encouragement. It can't be just the parents making the effort. I, I, I you know, my two elder children, uh, my son and daughter, I did hivs at home and I got white hair from that. So the last two, I said, go to our madrasa, right? And we've now moved, so the, mashallah, the third one is finished. The fourth one is done 11 subaras, but we've had two more, that was a solid hivs class. Now we're looking for another one and we can't find a good one, so we're having to do it at home, right? So I'm gonna get white again. Um, It's difficult. The rest of us need to incentivize that and make it a glorious thing. You know when a lot of people ask me that why did you choose this path of ilm and knowledge and being an imam and so on. So for me it's an easy answer. My dad was Hafiz and and Alim. Uh, My grandfather, my dada was uh, Qari and Hafiz. My nana was Hafiz. My uncle was a Mufti. Uh, My other uncle is a Hafiz of the Quran. He just runs in the family. Right, So that's an easy answer, but I can't give that to you because that might not run in your family. So how do you benefit from that? Well, you can. You can start that off now. Right? Maybe your answer, no, it was not in our family. So does that mean it doesn't have to be in your family now? My wife's family, mashallah, her, her, none of, her, none of her, her father or uncles are not Hafiz. But every single male cousin brother, bar one, whose uh, special needs are all Hafiz of the Qur'an. So the whole family... All the boys are half is of the Quran. Now we're trying to make it that all the girls are half is as well, inshallah. It's, mashallah, it can be done. You you need to start a tradition. But the reason I chose this way, there's lots of people, everybody's a doctor in the family, and they don't want to be a doctor. Or they don't want to be an alim. There's that. They get a bit tired of the whole thing. They think it's a certain mindset or whatever, right? But really, I think why I chose this way, and I love this way, I never regretted this way. A lot of people ask, do you ever regret that you could have become an architect? Or I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't regret it but Why? It's because the deen was glorified in my house The deen was glorified in my house So for me it was like the deen And deeny people were glorified in my house You know, such and such a person became hafiz Or alim came There'd be respect shown to them They'd be spoken about with reverence So then that puts reverence in your heart as well So on the other hand If you're criticizing ulama Even if it's justly you know, Be careful of how you do it Or don't do it Do you understand? Because that's going to impact your children. Because the deen needs to be glorified and everything about the deen needs to be revered and respected and magnified in your home so your children will have more love for the deen. And I think this is where many of us may be messing up, even if we're religious as such, even if we're practicing as such, but we're very critical or unduly harsh or whatever the case is. So make deen something enjoyable in the house and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that easy wa akhir da'wana an alhamdulillah rabbil alamin Jazakumullah, khairan ulama gusta khif allahumma antas salam wa minkas salam tabarakta ya Jalali wal ikram allahumma ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nasta'ith allahumma ya la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna minadh dhalimin jazallahu anna muhammadan ma huwa ahlu Ya Ma'din Al-Joodi Wal-Karam Ya Akram Al-Akramin Wa Ya Al-Mas'ulin Waya Ya Al-Mu'tin Ya thal Jaladi Wal-Ikram Allahumma Khfir Lana Warhamna Wa'afina Wahdina Warzukla Allahumma Ahdina Wahdibina Waj'alna Hudaatan Liman Ihtada Allahumma Inna Nas'aluka Al-Affa Wal-Aafia Fid-Din Wal-Dunya Wal-Akhira Allahumma Arhamna Bil-Qur'an Al-Azim Waj'alhu Lana Imama Wahudan Wa Nura Allahumma fill the Ummati Sayyidina Muhammad in Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allahumma fill the Muslimin or the Muslimat, the Mu'minin or the Mu'minat, the Ahia'i Minhum or the Amwat. Allahumma Janibna Alfawa, Hishama Zahara Minha, or the Batan. Allahumma Fikna Rima to wa or Tarda Minal Kawdi, or the Faili, or the Amadi, or the Allahumma inna na'udhu bika al jununi wal judhami wal barasi wa al-asqam Ya Allah, have your mercy upon us. Ya Allah, we ask you for your special blessings. Oh Allah, what an auspicious gathering this is. We have gathered here for the completion of the Qur'an, to speak about the Qur'an, to learn about the Qur'an, to revere the Qur'an, to understand the Qur'an. Oh Allah, bless us with the Qur'an. Oh Allah, illuminate us with the Qur'an. Oh Allah, Oh Allah enrich us with the Quran. O Allah, raise us with the Qur'an, elevate us with the Qur'an. O Allah, bring us together with the Qur'an, unify us with the Qur'an. O Allah, allow it to be an intercessor in our grave, allow it to be an intercessor on the Day of Judgment, allow it to intercede for us for entry into Paradise. O Allah, allow the Qur'an to allow us to ascend in Paradise, to be upgraded in Paradise. O Allah, so that when we're told that read and ascend, so that we could read and ascend and so that we could get higher in paradise. Allow us to reach Jannatul Firdaus with the Quran. Oh Allah, allow us to fulfill the rights of the Quran. Allow us to recite the Quran regularly. Allow us to Allow us to improve our tajweed of the Quran. Allow us to be students of the Quran. Allow us to be teachers of the Quran. Allow us to memorize the Quran. Oh Allah, allow us to understand the Quran. Allow us to comprehend the Quran. Allow us to serve the Quran. Allow us to defend the Quran. Allow us to promote the Quran. Allow us to publish the Quran. Allow us to spread the Quran. Allow us to spread its teachings and to benefit others and beautify the hearts of people and beautify our own minds with the Qur'an. O oh Allah, do not ever be, allow us to be deprived of the Qur'an. O oh Allah, we might deprive ourselves sometimes by not reciting it except from Ramadan to Ramadan. O oh Allah, forgive us for this distraction. Forgive us for this negligence. O oh Allah, all of these beautiful young people who are memorizing the Qur'an. O oh Allah, all those who have memorized the Qur'an, uh, preserve it for them. Oh Allah, bless them with it. And O oh Allah, allow us all who have the Qur'an to act by the Qur'an and and to be representatives of the Qur'an. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, these uh, students who have just memorized and Abdullah, O oh Allah, bless them with the Qur'an and allow it to con- to remain in their heart. O oh Allah, and allow them to ascend in paradise with the Qur'an. Bless their teachers who have made so much an effort. Bless their parents, O oh Allah, and allow them to always be associated with the Qur'an and never to neglect the Qur'an and likewise with the rest of us. O oh Allah, those others who are doing his, Allah, make it easy for them too. O oh Allah, facilitate. Make them from the top tiers of those who memorize the Qur'an. And O oh Allah, there's many others here who are sitting here today and now they have decided that they will also have their children do hifz. Make it easy for them. O oh Allah, do not let their mind turn away from this. O oh Allah, allow them to allow everybody to have great successes with the Qur'an in this world and in the hereafter. O oh Allah, maintain it in their hearts. Do not ever let us forget the Qur'an. Do not let us... Uh, uh, protect us from making mistakes in the Quran and blaspheming against the Quran, violating the rights of the Quran. Oh Allah, accept this majlis, accept this gathering, accept those who are present here today and accept, uh, grant us our permissible needs, remove our sicknesses and illnesses. Oh Allah, this pandemic keeps rearing its head. Oh Allah, we ask that you protect us from it. Those who are currently sick, oh Allah, grant them shifa and protection. Those who have passed away, oh Allah, grant them... <coughs> forgiveness and grant them a high status and grant them goodness in all the stages of uh, after their passing oh allah we ask that you protect us and you protect us and you make us uh, you make the subsequent days of our life better than the previous days of our life oh allah we ask that you make the best moments of our existence uh, in this world the final moments oh allah allow us to go in the best state that we could be going oh allah to be the closest to you oh allah grant us your love and the love of those whose love will benefit in your court and O oh Allah protect us all especially our children and our progenies until the day of judgment from all the fitnas which are out there oh Allah there's new fitnas that are emerging day by day oh Allah we ask you for protection we ask you for solid knowledge and understanding we ask you for insight oh Allah we ask you for blessing in uh, blessing to avoid this O oh Allah forgive all of our sins and all of our wrongdoings and our excesses and our transgressions and especially those sins that have turned people against one another that have removed the blessings from our homes, that have brought darknesses in our homes, that have, that, that have caused untold miseries in our home. Oh Allah, we ask you to make us close to you and accept this majlis. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salaamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen bi rahmatikya. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, And that's why we started Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.